welcome to a brand new episode of Sequel Rights, the podcast where we take a look at the franchises that make you go, they made how many of those? And we give each and every sequel a fair trial. My name is Justin Camps. Justin? Who the heck is Justin? <laughs> and I'm here with... Elizabeth Helley. And... and? Tyler Hyman. Sorry, uh, you're going to do the and yourself. My bad. Um, <laughs> and me. <laughs> and Tyler. Sorry, I don't have funny clips for your guys' names. Uh, for once, there's not like a bad Tyler. In I the know. Movie. I it's was a like, good Justin. I was like, a Justin. Justin. Yes, yes. Oh my God, they talk about him so much. Um, and uh, yeah, welcome you guys. It's 2024. We we made it to a whole other year. It's true. Number one up. And, 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 you know, the electronics didn't break. Yeah. <laughs> number go up <laughs> number go up yay um well welcome to the first episode of the new year here uh we are excited to have you guys for another year full of sequels and we are kicking things off with, with a secret a very secret movie. <laughs> not the secret no no a secret is there a sequel to the secret god i, I mean once you know is. the secret it's called bankruptcy <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You can't go back. I think there actually is, though, but no. Oh, God. There's more secrets. Okay, well, this is a very specific secret. It is The Secret of Nim. Nim. Don Bluth's directorial debut. We're taking the way back to Fievel. That's right. We're going Flame before time. Yeah, if you don't know this, uh, our very first franchise ever was American Tale. Don We're Bluth. actually just a straight-up Don Bluth podcast. We kind of are, <laughs> yeah. but... I mean, it's because he's great. Yeah. Um, and if you're sitting there thinking, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. There's a sequel to The Secret of Nim? Like, what? Yes, there is. And, uh, yeah, we'll be talking about that next week. Right. <laughs> so, strap in The revelations that. of Nim. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the secret's out. Now, what else is there to know? You'll find out next week. Nim um, rises. <laughs> but before we get... <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> okay. Uh, um, before we get too far into things, Elis, where can people reach out? Yeah, uh, you can find us on Twitter, X, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, at Sequel Rights, or email us your suggestions for the rest of this year to sequelrights at gmail.com. And rate and review wherever you're listening, whether that's on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your audio content. Uh, and if you've already done that, share out your favorite episodes, perhaps some of these old Don Bluth classics that we just mentioned. Mm-hmm. Go back and see our, our Fievel series or listen to all 14 hours of <laughs> The Land Before Time. It's worth it. Although it's probably a little bit short because I think some of those middle movies, we, uh, we <laughs> didn't make it past 40 minutes. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we were like, yeah. Okay. Um, what are the dinosaurs up to this week? Um not only do we have our uh, discussion of Secret of Nim, I always I always have to like stop when I am saying the name of the movie because I always want to say The Secret of the Nim, but that's not right. Um, we have, as well, a bonus episode for you guys this week. So you can watch out for that. We're going to be talking a little bit about uh, some of the sequels coming out in the, the 2024. Mm-hmm. New franchises that we're going to see and all of that fun stuff. So uh, watch out for that later this week along with... Uh, this episode you're listening to right now. Um, all right. Without further ado, let's get into it. Secret time. Aurora and Don Bluth Productions present a classic adventure in motion picture entertainment. I must tell you about Nim. Look there. It's a fantasy with wizards and villains. And 
heroes. I ain't scared of nothing. I'm not even afraid of the great owl. Will you hush up? Come on. It's an odyssey to another world. A world of fantasy and enchantment. To what you see and hear, you must swear absolute secrecy. It's the most beautiful sight I've ever seen. All right. Well, that was the trailer for beloved children's comedy, The Secret of Nim. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, so before we dive into like what this movie is, you know, we obviously we have a love of Don Bluth on this um on this podcast, but have any of you had every, any, sorry, had any of you guys seen this film before? I mean, I think I must have, but I really did not remember anything like ditto. Yeah. Mm, okay. Yeah. I can't remember when I first saw this, but definitely saw it growing up at some point and just had like a love for it in general. Um, you just love movies about the national Institute of mental health. Oh yeah, <laughs> totally. <laughs> Uh, it's funny because people always accuse Disney of being so scary and killing off parents and being, but Don Bluth's movies are always like way scarier in yeah. my opinion. Like he look, definitely doesn't sugarcoat it. There's a bunch of mice in this that might look somewhat like the mice from Cinderella, but look, they're not sitting around <laughs> mending dresses for some white lady all day. They're dealing with real <laughs> issues, life and death shit. All the time. Like evolution and mental health. Yes. There, there are some troubling implications and in this movie. Oh my God. We'll, we'll have to get, like, just save that. But uh, Rabbit from Winnie the Pooh is straight up in this movie. Oh yeah. yeah. Like literally <laughs> copy pasted from Winnie the Pooh. Rabbit is in this movie. Yeah, it's Everyone true. else, they at least like changed him a little bit, you know? <laughs> yeah. I was like, some of the kids do kind of look like, like uh, my wife was watching the end credits and she was like, that mouse looks like Gus Gus, like in, uh, in, yeah. just even in the little like yeah. little end credits. Yes, I, I didn't really see it. I was thinking more like Great Mouse Detective era or Rescuers. Yeah, Don Bluth worked on Rescuers, did not yeah. work on Mouse Detective, I believe. Right. Yeah, but yeah, Rabbit was the most egregious. Uh, yes, <laughs> appearance. <laughs> they all look, uh, you know. Um, this is the first movie he did after, you know, cause he was, yeah, like you're saying he was at Disney. Yeah. Uh, and it's interesting that, uh, I guess this was originally like the rights to make this were originally offered to Disney and they were like, nah, yeah, <laughs> too, too spooky. Um, but, uh, I love that, you know, things like, you know, kick off with this first film and you can see just his design style immediately. Like everything is, not cutesy at all. Mm -hmm. There's like almost mm -hmm. e even the little kids are like, they've got like, you know, rough edges and, and, uh, the, the cats and like, even the good characters in this are like really creepy looking and they've got these like glowing eyes and crazy stuff. And also just the framing and cinematic language. Like mm -hmm. there's a, there's a fuck you attitude to this movie there, or at least, you know, I I've been held under the, the wisdom of the, the old man at Disney and it literally, and, uh, and you know, I want to do something a little bit different so that there's close-ups and different framings and lots of really interesting stuff that not all of it works, but, uh, is refreshing at the time. This is the spider verse of animation, uh, at the time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was like watching this again and I was just like, man, I just love this like era of like these like dark fantasy, like the yeah. late seventies, early eighties had all these kind of like dark fantasy, more adult animated films. Like this is the same year, like the last unicorn came out the yep. same year. I don't know if you've guys seen that one. Um, but it's similar, mm -hmm. uh, in kind of like it's dark fantasy mode. And also like, I just love that I feel like everyone except for Dom DeLuise in this movie, I feel like they're all, I feel like they're all talking in like this kind of like 
sleepy, dreamlike, like realistic tone. They're not yeah. like doing a goofy voice except for Dom DeLuise. Yeah. And no, it's like Lord of the Rings or something. Yeah. Like it's a high, high Look, concept fantasy. Everybody, all the animators were listening to uh, Led Zeppelin and <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> as they were cranking out frames and it shows. It's just great. It's just great. You know, I just, I just love that vibe of this film and other others like it at the time. Yeah. Yeah. And so what year is it? 1982. 1982. Oh, my God. Okay. Columbus sailed the ocean blue. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. What? Um, so I did spend the last two days, and by the last two days, I mean approximately three and a half hours spread over the last two days, <laughs> sure. reading the children's book, uh, award-winning book, Mrs. Frisbee and the Rats of Nim. Okay. Uh and this movie is called The Secret of Nim, and the main character is Mrs. Brisby with a B. That's right. Take that, lawyers. Yeah, <laughs> so there was a huge to-do about this. Literally, the company that owns the trademark for Frisbees was like, nah, we're not going <laughs> to let you name your character wow. that. And so they had to change it, even though they had already recorded like the entire movie. And yeah, that, some of the actors wild. like were not available. And so they had to like take a B sound from another word sure. and put it together with Risby and like replace every single instance in the movie. Someone yeah. was cutting film to do that. I wow. think if you want to go back and try to hear that, I think it's uh, with John Carradine's character, the uh, the great owl. Yeah, some of the other people actually did re-record re some of their lines, yeah. but not him, um, which is one of these things where it's like, they said he was unavailable, but I'm like, for the right price, you could have got him to do it. <laughs> but back in the day, they were like, let's make this poor sound editor guy yeah, exactly. work, you know, uh, work his fingers to, to death by, you know... <laughs> editing mrs brisby yeah like 10 times now they could have just used ai or some crap yeah and 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 they also it's not just mrs brisby because they also have to say jonathan brisby or frisby yeah. or whatever so there's a lot of mentions uh, everyone's very formal they never call her by her first name ever yeah. <laughs> i think the the jeremy the crow like calls her briz a couple times right something. right but, but even that you yeah, still have to still fix it. Yeah. um so yeah that's the ridiculous uh legalese behind the title but I do think Secret of Nim is like a way cooler title anyways. It is. Um, but yeah, the fact that they had to change the name was really dumb. Yeah. It's great. Um, but yeah, so this basically follows, um, you know, Mrs. Brisby and her family uh, living in the, you know, living in the field at a, uh, you know, nearby farmhouse. Uh, and there's a group of rats that live nearby. There's a cat. Cat named Dragon. That's out there, like, real scary cat, honestly. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, like, I didn't know this at all, like, going into this. I just thought it was, like, straight fantasy mice, you know, like, going around doing magical things. And in the very <laughs> beginning, when they're like, it's the National NIM and the National Institute of Mental Health, I was like, oh, my God. Like, <laughs> yeah. what? Are you kidding me? Like, because that's a real thing. Yep. Um, yep. And this movie and this name has is, like what I would think of first if I heard somebody say Nim. Absolutely. With an H. And yeah. so it's really funny. Um, 
It's also amazing to me that the concept of this movie from 1971, which is when the Newbery Award winning book came out, yeah. is that Kevin Eastman just lifted and is like, I'm going to make it about Ninja Turtles. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> true, true. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously animal testing was a huge issue then and and still, but mm. it was very like it was just kind of coming to light, I think, sure. at that time, like more publicly. Um, and uh, yeah, very hot issue. <laughs> uh, I think Brave Little Toast to the rescue is also about uh, releasing the tested upon animals, yes, right? Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. I think that's really cool that, I mean, like if you had, like if you didn't know anything about the movie, you would just go and thinking like, oh, Nim must be some like fantastical land. Yeah. yeah. And then it is a, not a fun reveal, but it is a, it is a really interesting and like meaningful, you know, way that they reveal what happened to these rats and everything. And like why, because you might be watching the whole movie being like, why the heck do these rats have this whole like crazy Bioshock world underneath, <laughs> underneath a rosebush? Like, yeah, they what? wait till way longer to reveal they it in the do. book too. Oh, but like, oh. so in the movie, pretty early on, she the wife of the farmer is on the phone and says or some says something or whatever and explains yeah. it. But yeah, they to the book, they wait like a, oh, probably more than halfway through. And like the main difference, like the this movie exactly pretty much follows the book. Book, the main difference is that like the story uh, Nicodemus's story about like what happened is like way longer mm-hmm. in the book like it it probably takes up like I don't even know 40% of the book it's like all this adventures with Mrs. Frisbee and then she finally gets there and then he's like alright I'm gonna tell you a story yeah. and then like it just goes into this for, like chapters and chapters of like when he first got caught all the way up to like catch her up in time and tell her everything about her husband. It's like if in Lord of the Rings when Frodo gets to Rivendell and Bilbo was just like allow me to read The Hobbit to you. Yeah. yeah. Like it's so long that like like in the book, I would almost say that like they're both the main characters because it's just said in his voice. Like right. once you get to him, um, and so uh, in this movie, that's obviously not the case. Uh, is there, is there in the book? Is there still the same dynamic where like when that's revealed, like he like is she still reading it out of a book? Like no, not really. Okay. That was I, kind I like of that like, in the movie. Yeah, that was she a gets cool to kind moment. of discover that on her own. I do have a question about the book. Yeah. Do is it explained where Mrs. Brisby's sentience comes from? Yeah, that is a great question. Yes, sort of. So basically like in Okay, so in this movie, these rats and mice are experimented on and then yes. sort of released out into the world. So in the book, it's basically the same, um very similar, um except so the 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 genetically altered animals like kind of go out and like mate with uh regular animals and then the kids seem to have like some of the features like they can learn to read way easier Mm -hmm. and they seem to be smarter but they're not quite sure yet how they're going to age and how long Mm -hmm. they're going to live because part of the thing was that the injections uh made it so you are aging super slowly Mm -hmm. but you grow super big not super big but bigger than an average um rat or mouse but um in the book like all other animals can still talk to animals okay. and still sort of like live in a house and you know have a bit of a society but all of their okay, society is like dependent on either nature or humans and they don't talk about it very much in the movie but the big thing is that like Nicodemus and Justin and the other uh, rats like want to start 
like their own society where they are not stealing anymore yeah. because rats, uh, like they say rats are historically like looked down upon because yeah. uh, their whole livelihood is stealing. Eight and so if they together. can create, <laughs> if they can create their own utopian society where they are not dependent on anything from the humans. Sure. Like that is their goal. That's the, that's why they were like planning to leave the farmer's house. And everything. Do you think that the rats from this movie went on to found Zootopia? <laughs> I mean, they might have, <laughs> they go into a lot of detail because at some point, um, it's not in the movie, but in the book, the rats like take over an um, um, like a stately manor that's closed up for the sure. winter or whatever, and they live in there and they read all the books about like oh, evolution wow. and the encyclopedia, and they learn as much as they can about rats. And they're like, this colonialism sounds like a pretty good idea. Right. And so <laughs> they, at some point, they say that rats evolved all the way up to prairie dogs in like creating a society, but then they just got lazy and stopped. And so then that's why they're hoping that now that they're genetically engineered, they can eventually like evolve into a way that, because that since the prairie dogs just kind of chilled, then the monkeys took over and then that's where we get, get humans uh, from. So it's a whole thing. I do like that in the movie, they were kind of like, we know too much now. We can't go back. Right. Yeah. Oh, that, yeah, that's a big thing <laughs> yeah. too. Like, yes, they want to get away, but their biggest fear is being re-caught. Yeah, Just yeah. because, and not even because they didn't really torture them. Like the shots and the the um, small electrical shocks that they get while doing a maze are not really that painful, but they're like, we just can't live in a cage. Yeah. Like living in a cage is the worst thing and I will die if I have to go back to that cage. Yeah. Even though they admit like, yeah, it was a perfectly fine life, but I yeah. cannot do it. Yeah. Like, um, so it's, it's so interesting. I actually really did enjoy the book. Um, but yeah, there, most of the movie is right out of the book, like beat for beat, except the main changes, <laughs> there's no magic <laughs> in the book at all. It's all science, right. science and evolution. So this thing with the amulet and the magical powers was all kind of like made up by the the uh, movie people in order to kind of give um, Mrs. Brisby a moment where she's like grown and kind of gone on a character journey, which she does in the book. But it's definitely more like, OK, like the house never like falls down. They yeah. just successfully move it. And like, I just big, learned all the cool shit my, yeah. my husband did. Yeah, yeah, they move the house and the big climax is the rats escaping in time for uh, them to be recaught and or killed. Wow. Um, and so, yeah, the big climax of this movie, which we'll like eventually get to, um, is a whole thing about, you know, her strength and whatnot. Mm -hmm. So yeah. telekinesis. Yeah. Well, I personally love that they added magic because it leads to some of the coolest i was gonna say magical moments yeah some of the coolest moments uh <laughs> animated moments in the yeah. film like you know when he's like kind of activating his like magic mirror thing that's mm -hmm. like looks like it's powered by the infinity stones uh <laughs> and the whole amulet sequence at the end is like very yeah. very cool right. animation and uh, it's powered by fireworks yeah <laughs> yeah that's true. i don't i you don't really it. mind it yeah just because it like makes it also more like the Nim thing, even more yeah. like fantastical and, and um, like you think it's just going to be a high fantasy thing. Well, and it's also like, I'm fine with it. There was a part of me while I was watching this. It was like, well, that's a bummer to me. They should have like, maybe the rats don't quite understand electricity. And so they, they're calling it magic. And like, so it's this whole right. misunderstanding that that'd be cool. But then I was like, you know what? Like Marvel and all the modern fantasy things are trying to do that. And they're embarrassed to just be like, it's just magic. Who cares? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so I appreciate just it at the fun. end. I came all the way. Yeah, I know they're the way around. super smart. They understand they yeah. need electricity. They get running yeah. water in that place. They, you know, they run the electrical line. Like it's very, very yeah. advanced so they're smart enough to have a society with petty politics and 
<laughs> yes. Okay. So then that's the other big change. This guy Jenner, who's mm-hmm. like our villain, yeah. who basically sabotage kills Nicodemus. Nicodemus yeah. Straight up offs him. I guess we're skip forward all the way to the end. Yeah, but it's fine. Yeah. It's fine. Nicodemus gets straight up offed by this guy Jenner, um, who then is killed by like his best friend who was like on his side but has a change of heart, which with, was by a the cool throwing moment. dagger. Which yeah, that was like super cool. But yeah, in the book, um, Jenner is basically it's like a I mean it's like Dumbledore Grindelwald coded type thing with Nicodemus <laughs> where they were like the two best friends that first got captured together and then become smarter. And like, I mean, I think they're in love, but whatever. And then eventually it gets to the point where Nicodemus is like, I want to create this new society and leave. But Jenner is like, no, we should just stay here. It's fine. It's comfortable. Like I want to, I don't mind living off of society. I don't give a crap about, you know, not stealing. And so then right. they separate. Um, and then you just like, you kind of hear that Jenner might have got killed, like after yeah. he, him, and like a handful of followers left, but you don't really know, and he's not there at all for any of the Mrs. Brisby stuff. It's like Nicodemus has mental telepathic powers, and Jenner has metallic <laughs> uh, magnet powers. Oh yeah, that, same, same, <laughs> yeah. same. Uh, yeah, got you. Um, and then yeah, and Justin is like even cooler in the book, honestly. What? Yeah, what? like. So, like, you Justin's the man. Justin, like, this guy? My dear, may I present Justin, the captain of the guard. The captain <laughs> of the guard. Yeah. So, Justin's, like, <laughs> the best rat. Like, even better than Nicodemus. But Nicodemus is kind of the leader because he's, like, significantly older than Justin. And everyone Why? just kind of, like, Why looks to him. It? Whereas Justin's the one who freaking figured out how to open the cage, did the whole escape plan, like, oh, runs everything. So, yeah. it's, not, it's not Jonathan Brisby like it is in the... The, uh, the mice significantly help with the escape plan in a way that the rats couldn't have done, but the actual opening of the cage and whatnot was actually Justin and the whole plan. So cool. Yeah. It's like Nicodemus is the, the figurehead brains kind of wise old mm-hmm. guy, but uh, Justin is like also the brains and then the brawn. So yeah. Sweet. Yeah. yeah, all that crap that I just said is too hard to explain in this animated movie. So they're like, okay, magic, yeah. <laughs> which is yeah. fine. Yeah. I'm not yeah. mad at yeah. it. Yeah. Like, like at and we need like a visual representation of her courage. And <laughs> right. It can't just be an internal dialogue. I will say, so speaking of opening the cage and her, her uh, physical meditation of her courage, I was just thinking of, you know, when she gets captured and she gets put in this bird yes. cage, like it's actually this kind of incredible set piece. And I was thinking of it like she's clothed for most of this movie. And like, then she's like, <laughs> she put takes off, her cape off, she yeah. takes her cape off and is is trapped in this animal world and has to escape by, you know, out of this cage by like dipping through water. And I was like, this would be an amazing like female prison exploitation escape movie, like sequence of like, it's awesome. Well, it's like like finding Nemo too. Like it really reminded me of that. But uh, yeah, there's also no clothes in the book ever because there are various illustrations throughout and none of them are ever clothed. The clothes are also totally part of this movie. I feel like her like little cape that she has is like yeah. an iconic look. It yeah. is. Also, though, I thought it was kind of weird that the youngest daughter, Cynthia, literally is just wearing like a bow around her body. <laughs> yes. Like they all have like it full outfits. But Cynthia just has like a ribbon tied around her waist. Yeah. Like, but it's like a giant one. So <laughs> just, I just thought it was super funny. I can funny. say that the modern cover uh, definitely has a uh, Mrs. Frisbee with a little cape on. Oh, okay. Oh. Well, interesting. So movie reflecting back yeah. to the book now major motion picture um 
So yeah, Mrs. Uh, Brisby or Frisby, uh, her husband Jonathan is gone, but she never knew about anything in both versions, anything that he had done with the rats or that right. he was enhanced at all. Um, but he did teach her how to read a little bit, and that is consistent. Like they can teach other animals who are not altered how to read, but it just takes like way longer. And yeah, yeah, and she does have that piece of dialogue in the movie where she says like, "I can, I can read a little bit, but my kids can read really right. well." Which yeah, it's is line in line with what you said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so she's got book. four kids. Um, uh, so the we got Martin, right? Martin, yep, we've got Martin, Timothy, Teresa, and Cynthia. Yeah. So Timothy's the sickly one. Yeah. Timmy. Timmy, Timothy. We got, I mean, we'll, we'll get to him later for obvious reasons, but it is interesting that he's basically like a non-entity in this movie and he's just sick the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you, he's not coming to anybody's rescue at yeah. any time in this movie. <laughs> no, not at all. Um, in fact, like he might've like, I, I, I'm kind of like, how did he not die when they were like going under? I mean, okay. Like the, that whole scene. So this whole thing is that they have to, Timmy is sick. They get him medicine for pneumonia, yep. but they purposely like they, the Mr. Ages, the guy who gives him the medicine and the only other smart, the only smart mouse now that Jonathan is dead, um, is like, you cannot take him outside or move him for three weeks yep. at all. So you have to move the house because he cannot travel, even though the farmer is going to come plow everything now that it's mm. spring. And so this whole thing is like, we have to move our house. And that's the whole movie is her trying to figure out how she's going to move the dang house. Um, And so, yeah, Timmy, um, why was I talking about this? Oh, he can't move. Um, and we were, ta- we were talking about the uh, the the house going underneath in the right. Uh, okay, oh, so yeah. then yeah, the big climax of this movie is that essentially after Jenner's uh, you know uh, shenanigans, they drop the house into the mud, and she's on top like screaming bloody murder because her kids are in this <laughs> cinder block house that is. Dr- dropping into and they're mud like, Mama, and they're what, screaming the stuff? fire fall, like <laughs> falls over and like burns them in Billy the face Zane's trying to shoot them yeah, yeah it's crazy <laughs> they're like sinking and then justin like honestly i get it justin you're like oh i can save her but i can't yeah. save the kids so i'm just gonna take her but i'm like if i'm her in that moment i'm like leave me justin i gotta go down with the kids like this is crazy you know so but he he is much bigger than her so he picks her up and takes her to the side and i swear to god like the the look that they animated on her face when the block is going down is horrifying like that will haunt me in my dreams like because she just looks like they animated perfectly this look of like I, my life is over and I, my kids are gone. My life is over. Like this is the worst moment of that could possibly happen. And it's a shot right out of 70s cinema. Like it has like kind of that, like the, the, the zoom and the, the framing of it. Like it's, it's like the end of blowout. (laughs) It's amazing. It's horrifying. It's great. Horrifying uh, way that they animated her. It's just crazy. Uh, But then yes, the amulet kicks in and she gets the power to like rise it up. And it's unclear. She has the power. Yeah. Yeah. It's unclear what the amulet really does or what the power could do. I don't really think she has like telekinesis. I think it's just kind of like if you need it, it'll do one thing for you. Yeah. And then kind of, yeah, that was what the feeling I got from it. Yeah. I mean, one thing I love about this movie and it, I question, I'm like, I was like thinking about like when this came out, you know, I'm like, who, who did they actually think that this audience was going to be <laughs> right. for? And even now, if like, if a movie like this came out now, 
you know, I guess we have stuff like the boy and the heron or something, you know, yeah. that comes out and there's a whole story behind it of like, you know, it's maybe his last film and all this stuff. And so people are like, go out and see it. But I'm like, is there an appetite for this kind of like super dark, I guess there's a Lord of the Rings animated film coming there's out. There's a Lord of the Rings animated year. film coming out. There is a comic called Mouse Guard that is really fantastic. And there was a good long while where that was being developed as yeah. a show, as an animated show. And I was very excited about it. Um, but it's there, like. It, there was like that movie that I saw on Virtual South by with uh, Patton Oswalt. I mm. can't remember the name of it, but it was like the night of something. And it was like an animated R-rated high fantasy film or yeah. whatever, um, which is crazy. But yeah, this movie, I was like, this is like basically adult animation. Yeah. Like not in like a family guy way, but, but like in yeah. a, like grownups can just watch this as a regular ass movie practically. I was watching it and I was like, this movie's haunted as fuck. But yeah. uh, I just love that. Like, you know, one of the reasons why, you know, I have a daughter and I was like, originally like, maybe I could t- turn it on. And then I was like, no, 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 this movie's too scary. And like, the there's just so much tension like the entire film there's you know there's really only like i understand why they put in the i don't know if the jeremy character is in the book or not dom de is crow. he is okay but he doesn't suck <laughs> so yeah. he's he, just a good crow that helps her out a couple times okay. she saves his life and then he comes and he saves her once or twice and he's like friends with the kids but he's not a klutzy annoying ass <laughs> dom de like, voice he does yeah he literally does nothing else in this movie other than be like some comic relief for yeah him. it's he doesn't really torture. help in, at all in a movie that does not need comic relief yeah yeah. I guess he does fly her to the great owl. So that is, yes, that is that's kind of his main thing too. And, and then, yeah. And then he gets really weird and pushy. But like, give me the shiny. I need the shiny. I know he acts like it's yeah. the, the ring yeah. from <laughs> the one ring, you know, a little bit. And then, yeah, he wants to like get laid. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. But I just, I mean, I, yeah, but I guess my original point was that I just love that this movie is filled with so much tension. Mm-hmm. And like I said, these, these mice are dealing with like life or death situation, the entire film. Like even that there's that whole set piece of like mm-hmm. trying to stop the plow. The plow is yeah. about to oh run over God. our house. Oh my God. And it's this crazy, like really like beautifully animated set piece of action where they're like trying everything they can to like pull out the gas yeah. valves and all these things. And it's just really cool. Um, the way they do it and just ramp everything up and there's literally blood. On, on yeah, absolutely. There. And honestly, even when Jeremy is there, it's like, he's so stupid. He's going to get her killed. Yeah. So yeah. it's like still dangerous. Yeah. She's <laughs> like, get away from here. What the yeah. fuck are you doing? <laughs> I speaking of comic relief in this movie. And I think something that worked incredibly well and it ties into all of the amazing set pieces and, and the animation style is when they first enter, you know, this society, society of the rats and Nim. And we see Justin for the first time, and he is this scary rat yeah. that was like, like, like slinks out from a set of armor, and then you know whispers in their ear, and then it immediately snaps to him looking, you know, lovable and kind, <laughs> and be like, "I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding." Yeah, and he's like, "Justin, you featherhead." <laughs> I only took out Justin clips. So so yeah, that's a- yeah. <laughs> now Justin rules, um, and like, I don't know. I mean. Ugh. They don't go into whether interspecies relationships are possible or not, but there was but for he's, sure. But he's thirsty he, for yeah. it. Yeah. He is like, oh, who's this? Yeah. So. Beautiful mouse. Yeah. Yeah. Because well, there's, I mean, there is Auntie Shrew. Mm-hmm. That's true. And uh, maybe. I don't, I don't that know how like, she's related it, exactly. No. <laughs> you don't no, want to know. She's just another lady that lives near them and. They don't even call her auntie in the book. They just call her the shrew. And she's like super annoying. <laughs> and, and she she's acts like, like yeah. a shrew. Yeah. 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 That's funny. Um, 
What else? Yeah, that we haven't really talked about the great owl. That's another yeah. like amazing sequence in the scary, in the, so scary. Yeah. yeah, like that's what I'm saying. Like it's all these like cobwebs and stuff, and like the introduction. She walks past him, and you're like, you know, you you can see that there's like something there, but you mm-hmm. can't really tell. And then the introduction of him like opening his eyes, and then his head is upside down, and you see it start to rotate, and then it cuts back to. Uh, Mrs. Brisby and the camera rotates along with, with the head. It, yeah. Yeah. Just so cool. And like awesome that they were able to do that, you know? Um, and it stomps on a spider. Yeah. It's great. It's gross. And everyone's like, nobody comes back from seeing the owl. Yeah. <laughs> like what? <laughs> you, you saw the owl? What? 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 So what are other movies or stories that are like a mom that's like this, um, out there doing something to save her kid. Like, cause I feel like it's a thing, but I can't. There's not a lot. Yeah. Kill Bill. Uh, yeah. yeah. Like home alone on her side. <laughs> I don't know, but I, I really thought it was like unusual because yeah, yeah it's definitely, I mean, not in any Disney things that I can think of up until then or even maybe now, but yeah, it's just like a lot. It's not quite the full heroine's journey, but it is like definitely rare for that time. And the fact that we're struggling to come up with other examples is, is indicative of how incredible this movie being made in 1982 is. Yeah. Maybe Wanda greatest mom of all time. (laughs) Oh yeah. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) I can totally see Mrs. Brisby being like, I'm a mother, not a mouse monster (laughs) except i am a mouse whatever Uh, (laughs) isn't that what mother's about mother mother Mother! (laughs) yeah i'm like i can't really think of any right off the top of my head definitely not animated films yeah no for sure um so that's that's really cool um another sequence that i love i mean this whole uh intro into the rat like uh rosebush yeah underground rosebush thing um, it's just really cool and like gorgeously animated, like where we can see like uh, how they've like positioned like what look like Christmas lights that they've stolen, mm-hmm. and then this whole sequence of uh, that I just was like, I love that they even set this up, like it's crazy. That whole like getting in the lamp and going underwater, and then the water drains out. It's like an underwater elevator. It's like so crazy, and it's just like you know, they're just they're just so smart. They're just over the top design you know i think that there's so much <laughs> pixar in the way that this is designed there you know of miniature worlds and the toy story of it all yeah. and and i think that there is i can see most of the animation nerds and purists i could if I, if I was of the age at that time i would have been like you know, nim is amazing like, you know, <laughs> it's just doing it's probably like it. one of the hottest takes of 1983 yeah i wonder if that, that would have that would have been me it would have been like the way that i talk about spider-verse or other adult animation right i know um, i would love to i would love to go back and read some of the trades to be like if, it, if the trades were all like, oh, head animator at uh, Disney, yeah. you know, creates his own thing to do like this crazy dark story that Disney wouldn't let him do. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it is, that is the narrative and I get it. But also like, 
it does make sense to me if you're a Disney and you're like, okay, we did the rescuers. We have great mouse detective coming. Black Cauldron was a huge failure for us that almost destroyed everything. I don't want to do dark fantasy mice, yeah. you know? So, I mean, it just wasn't the right time and for like, them, but that doesn't mean it wasn't the right time for the movie. Yeah. And it, I mean, it's like, it's also like super adult subject matter. Like if you imagine if they were to make this movie, they probably would change all of that, I would assume. Yeah. Like, do you do you even? There see... would have been like five Jeremys. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, like, yeah, that style would have been completely different. But do you even see a movie that, that, like, where Disney would be like, yeah, it was all these cruelty animals that like got injected with yeah. brain hormones or whatever the fuck they were doing? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, they've always ended up straying away from that too because. Um, that newt one that they were going to make for a long time was yeah. about test animals having to mate and keep the species going. And then some of those people went off and like made Rio instead. Right. Mm-hmm. Because that was about that too. And Disney didn't want to touch so, it. So, so speaking of that, Roger Ebert says in oh, 1982, ooh, ooh. although the idea uh, was what intrigued me about secret of Nim, the movie itself represents a phys- philosophical statement for its makers. The animators who made the film were previously employed at Walt Disney studios <laughs> where they were heralded as the new breed groomed to replace the veterans who started with Walt himself and we're all past retirement age. But halfway through the production of the most recent Disney animated feature, The Fox and the Hound, a group of new breeders walked out, led by director Don Bluth, to set up their own shop at MGM. Their complaint was that Disney was cutting corners on painstaking traditional animation methods. Their vow was to make a non-Disney movie in the old Disney tradition. Tradition. That's yeah. what the rats are trying, trying to, to do. do. Yeah. Oh my <laughs> god! Oh, wow. <laughs> my brain. Uh, I was like, we did get some pretty heavy animal cruelty stuff with Guardians Three just mm-hmm. this past. Yeah. Year. Oh, that was the other joke. I was like, this is <laughs> Guardians yeah. Three, essentially. Yeah. Um, uh, well, you know, um, one other thing I wanted to mention. Uh, you talked about magic earlier being added to the uh, to the book, and what about if you could have your own magic in your refrigerator. Yeah, I think adding magic was a real moment of focus and inspiration That's for right. the creators. We're talking about magic mind. Right. We're back talking about magic mind, you guys. That's right. Um, and you know what? It's an amazing green drink in a little bottle that you can have every morning with your coffee that'll give you a little bit more focus as you go throughout the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one thing that I really liked about it because is it's is small, so you can just throw it in your bag, like any bag, and go. And if you forget about it, it's not a huge disaster that it's not in the fridge because you can have it cold or just room temperature. Mm-hmm. You can have it with your coffee, and it's just a nice little, little nice little thing in your fridge. Yeah, it's got all natural ingredients, stuff like matcha, um, ashwagandha, cordyceps mushrooms, all things that are good for you and help you focus. Uh, throughout your workday. And lucky for you guys, we have a special deal just for our sequel rights listeners. Just for, it's a secret. That's right. (laughs) The secret of the magic mind. (laughs) Here's what you need to do. Head on over to magicmind.com slash Jan sequel rights. Again, that's www.magicmind.com slash J-A-N sequel rights. And they have a special promotion going on this January only. So through the end of the month, this January 2024, you can get one month free when you're subscribing for three months. And if you use this code, SQLRights20, that's the that's our podcast title, SQLRights and the number two zero all together. If you use that code, SQLRights20, it's an extra 20% off, which gets you to 75% off total on this three-month order. So... 
It only lasts till the end of the month, so hurry up before it gets away and help. Uh, let Magic Mind help you gear up to crush your 2024 New Year resolutions fully focused. All right, back to Secret of the Nim here. Uh, I said it, Secret of the Nim. Uh, Damn it, Secret of the Nim. I knew it. I knew I was going to do it at some point. Yeah, um, well, we could talk about some of the actors yeah. uh, in this. There's some great actors. Um, we, we've, I mean, we've already kind of... Uh, Shout on Dom DeLuise, who is a very talented actor and voice actor, but this character, they just should have edited yeah, down it, or mean, reined in a little bit. It's fine. It's just like his scenes go on too long and you're like, yeah. okay, this guy, I, I just want him to well, go like, away. And it's like, I know that Dom DeLuise just rolled in drunk to the booth <laughs> and like, and vamped for three hours and then left. And they're just like, he's just giving us gold. But I think they also like, didn't really use him properly here. Like Correct. the way that they eventually will in five with the, yeah. uh, I can't remember his name, but the cat in that movie, oh, you know, yeah. kind of has an arc and Jeremy does not really have a real arc. Um, so anyways, yes, Dom DeLuise is there. Um, he wants the shiny. <laughs> uh, Nicodemus is this, you know, British guy, Derek Jacoby, who's like a storied stage and screen actor. But uh, I'm excited because I found out that he portrayed my favorite <laughs> villainous character, Frollo from The Hunchback of Notre Dame in the Anthony Hopkins TV version <laughs> in 1982. No. So I'll be looking for him when I watch that someday. Oh boy. Um, <laughs> That's amazing. Did Anthony Hopkins play Hunchback? Quasimodo, yes. Yes. Yeah. Hunchback. <laughs> His name is Hunchback. Yeah, what the heck is wrong with you? Show you know, some respect. You know, you, know the, the you, know, you know the classic universal monster, Hunchback. <laughs> this is a... He's uh, real scary. The, this is one of my uh, flags yeah. and hills I'm going to die on is yes. that uh, Quasimodo should not be one of the universal monsters. Monster. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, so Derek Jacoby does Frollo, so can't wait to see that. Um who are some of the other adults in this? Uh, Mrs. Brisby was Mary Elizabeth Hartman, who was an actor. I think she did so good in this movie. Like yes. it's really devastating because this was actually her final like really role. And then she uh, died from suicide. Uh, oh, she jumped boy. out of five story building. Oh my God. Um, and it just kind of said that like after this movie, it wasn't even that she couldn't get any work. It was just like, she just was not in a good place and like yeah. kept kind of disappearing and like not talking to anybody and living in isolation. And she just kind of, ended it but she does great i mean the performance is incredible and that's actually one of the things that you know don bluth's team disney was moving to animation practices that had you know more body positions that stood stagnant while they you know they, they had replacements and more efficiencies there and the thing that they really wanted to do was have body language and facial expressions have those details and have that come through and and that really comes through in her performance and is really supported by that and, yeah um, that's that's a real shame. I didn't. Yeah, know and then the sh- anti shrew in this movie is uh, Hermione Baddeley, who's uh, the younger maid in Mary Poppins. Um, oh. Ellen, the, like the oh. surly one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she's also in Aristocats and stuff. Um, but they did a really cool thing because um, when I was doing the child star check in, which I'll get to in a second, I was desperately trying to confirm who some of these kids were, and. Um, <laughs> they did a cool thing which I think all animated films should still do where they did like uh, press photos of like the actor and then they would like animate the little mouse like on her shoulder <laughs> or like they would have their hand out and right. the little uh, rat would be standing on their hand absolutely or, are, yeah like everybody should do that for an animated movie yeah. or you should be like you know back to back arms crossed with your character yep. or whoever it is like yeah. ridiculous um, I don't know why they w- don't do that anymore 
but I don't know. Uh, I need knows? to see like Adina Menzel shaking hands with Elsa or whatever it is. It's easier to do now than it was I then. Know. So <laughs> yeah. why? I don't well, now it needs to be a video of some sort. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, these beautiful uh, press shots, like headshots of them with their character. Um, and so, yes, the child star check-in um, to start from the eldest, I guess, uh, Martin is Will Wheaton. Of Will, course. Will Wheaton. Yeah. Which, you know, he's, and everything now yeah. then shannon doherty was uh teresa so uh, like, these are both like very early like second or third roles ever yeah. for them yeah. um timmy was uh then named ian freed or fried uh they now go by ina or ina uh and uh are actually like a very uh successful tech journalist oh cool um and then the one that I could not really find was Cynthia, who is uh, portrayed by Jody Hicks. Um, I don't know if it's the same Jody Hicks, but I really hope it is because like <laughs> I'm a huge fan of this lady now. But the president of Planned Parenthood, California, is this really awesome lady named Jody Hicks, spelled the same way possibly the right age. She's definitely older than Shannon Doherty and Will Wheaton. So I, it's kind of weird that maybe that's a baby, but right. you know, if you're a kid actor and they're like, just do a baby voice, yeah, you know, like um, it could be her, but yeah, she's like super cool. She's friends with like Nancy Pelosi and Lin-Manuel and like Gavin Newsom and is like, you it know, it could be her. Yeah. I really hope it's her, but I didn't want to tweet at her because I saw that people had done it before and she didn't answer. Uh, so I was like, it's either yeah. her and she doesn't want to say it for whatever reason or it's just not her <laughs> totally fair that's totally her secret fair. yeah it could be but this lady's really cool like i i mean i went through like 10 years of her instagram photos trying to figure out if she ever acknowledged secret of nim so now i'm like oh my god i should donate to parenthood she's I know so everything cool. about her yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's crazy uh, so those yeah, are all pretty the, much it those are all the kids right yeah uh speaking of credits uh tyler did you see that bruce tim was in the credits I did not. He was in there as an assistant animator. Yeah. God damn. Bruce Tim, uh, creator of Batman the Animated Series and uh, my animation, uh, the, the the starting point for my animation obsession. Yeah. I did go on IMDb to make sure it was the same. same Bruce. I, mean, I was makes, like, it's it got to be the same. Yeah, Bruce. it makes complete sense. <laughs> but I just thought that was really That's cool. That's amazing. I'm sure that, that was the only one that stuck out to me immediately. I'm sure there's probably other names. Yes. But I was just like, oh my God, Bruce Tim. Um. But yeah, uh, there's also, uh, so th the score of this film, uh, I've got the vinyl up on my wall right there now. You go. Jerry Goldsmith did the yeah. score. Apparently this was his first uh, animated film he ever uh, did the score for. I mean, I know he does Mulan. How many others does he end up doing? Uh, that's a good question. I know, I'll count them off. I, I, off the top <laughs> of my head, I'm like, Mulan, hi. I'd have to go look. Sorry. I didn't plan this. <laughs> Wait, um, so you already had this vinyl? I already had the vinyl just because I was a fan of the movie. Oh, I, nice. I, I just like liked the music. Um, and he he wrote a, uh, he composed the song in the film as well. Okay. Um, that Yeah, talk it, about the song. the song. She doesn't actually sing it. It's one of those. Uh, no, there's a song called Flying Dreams um, that is performed like within the film by Sally Stevens. Um, and then in the end credits by uh, Mr. Rainbow Connection himself, Paul Williams. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, it's like, it's a really sweet lullaby, like floating, beautiful track. Yeah. And yeah, the moment, like, you know, I just like, like I was saying earlier, I just love the, 
like the warmth and like dreamlike quality of these movies at this time or these types of movies where it's just like everything feels like hushed and there's a very like sleepy moment when she's like giving you know she's caring for timothy and giving the uh the medicine for the pneumonia and everything and it's just like a really beautiful sweet song it's not like you know, it's not like the most amazing song you've ever heard. It's not, I don't think it got nominated for an, or didn't win an Oscar or anything like that. No, but it, it's very um, of the time and similar to what Disney was also doing at the time, which I just, you know, happen to know. But um, like if he just came off Fox and the Hound, like Fox and the Hound is the same, has like basically one song that's sung by a lady, you know, with a, over a montage. And um, most of them are like that because we were out of the early, you know, Peter Pan, Cinderella, Sleeping Beauty era, and at Pinocchio and whatnot, and we, but we were not yet at Mankin Ashman Broadway style animated yeah. movies. So all the animated movies had like one, you know, lady singing a song over the movie, and maybe one funny song, like the Rescuers R E S C U E Rescue right. Society or something <laughs> like that, you know, like, but like uh, the tops, like one to two to two songs. Like, could you imagine if this was a musical? <laughs> I mean. <laughs> I want to, honestly. I'd yeah, love yeah. to see it as a musical. Uh, her 11 o'clock number uh, would be yeah. great. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm just going through his uh, listing here on uh, Jerry Goldsmith. It only doesn't look like he does that many. He doesn't animated. do that oh, okay. many. I do have a bone to pick for whoever uh, updated Jerry Goldsmith's filmography on IMDb. They put it, they found it in their interest and a good use of their time to credit him for he wrote the Universal theme. Uh, uh, yeah, and putting that every time that is used. Oh my god! <laughs> I mean, like, I guess that's what Michael Giacchino is hoping for with these Marvel. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's <laughs> crazy. That's crazy. It's like I don't think that that helps no, anybody. That's offensive, yeah. actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, his score is cool. Apparently, so, he had some trouble. Uh, you know, since it was his first animated. Film, yeah, he wasn't used to writing to. You know, like unfinished scenes and yeah. stuff that's changing. Like, <laughs> like he's the watching the movie and then it says like thirty seconds. Mrs. Brisby yeah. runs yeah. into a tree yeah. or yeah. something. You know, like, thirty <laughs> seconds. Dom DeLuise magical <laughs> magical <laughs> mirror. Yeah. So. Magical mirror spins and glows. Uh, like, what the? What, what is even? What is happening? What, yeah. what does this look like? Yeah. I bet he was thrilled when they were like, Jerry, we've cast Eddie Murphy as the dragon in Mulan. <laughs> he was like, Are you freaking kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. I have no idea. <laughs> Uh, I will say that because of that universal theme credit, he is credited as uh, on every Land Before Time movie. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. But that is not true. Jesus. God, that's how you get set for life. He must have like a million studio. credits. Like, yeah. what is it listed? Like, every, thousands of it's thousands, like, It's, it's yeah. like, uh, the one that actually makes sense is Scott Pilgrim because they actually use oh, that yeah. in, in the movie. In the movie, but yeah. Yeah. <sighs> I mean, this movie, I think if you watched it as a kid, you probably have nightmares about it. Um, I feel like every single every single frame of this movie has something that could like turn into some complex nightmare that you have, yeah. you know? There's like even when they go into the the um rosebush, there's those weird like moving vines that yeah. look like they're alive and it's like just creepy looking stuff that Yeah. That they animated. Uh, I also wrote down one quote to, in case you weren't sure that Jenner is a complete piece of crap. Uh, before she, Mrs. Brisby, before this, the, before the house drops, before anything, she's running out there and trying to warn them. And he's like, she's hysterical. And I was like, oh, <laughs> God damn it, Jenner, you piece That's of crap. <laughs> <laughs> trying to dismiss Mrs. Brisby as a hysterical woman. Ugh. 
Ridiculous. Um, Not Jonathan's how did you, wife. Yeah, Jonathan's <laughs> wife. How did you watch this? Uh, I went and <laughs> I went and made a, an account on Canopy. Oh. Um, and watch it there. And, you know, it's telling that they have a specific, like, canopy kids that you can go on. And it says it's like, you know, specially curated, thoughtful content for kids or whatever. And I was like, oh, it's probably in there. Go in there and I search Secret of Nim. And it's like, oh, no, this is not in the canopy. Yeah. It's too scary. <laughs> but it was in the regular one. And the only reason I went there is because all the other places had ads. And I knew that the the movie was like such a vibe. I didn't want to be interrupted by ads. You, wow. were, you were right to do that. <laughs> Where right. did you watch it? I watched it on freebie. Okay. I watched it on the Roku channel. Yeah. And so, yeah, it would be like really like sad down moment. And then all of a sudden it'd just be like, here are Papa John. We are <laughs> like, you a big pizza. <laughs> you know? Oh, <laughs> no. like, oh, like Mrs. Like Mrs. Brisby is like, oh, my whole family at house. And it's just Sky Rizzy. <laughs> oh yeah. I had Papa John, Sky Rizzy, uh, Nubequa for prostate cancer. Oh, um, Chase Freedom Unlimited. Um, <laughs> Nubequa uh, sounds like I, like if I'm going to change my life, fake my death, and move to Quebec. Right. <laughs> and, and there's this whole series of commercials that I have been annoyed by all holiday season. I don't know if you've seen it, Justin. But somebody, some agency, convinced Ralph's Kroger that it would be a good idea to do these like claymation commercials oh, yeah. where they license huge songs <laughs> for no reason, and so. It's like, okay, hearing like Ed Sheeran over these claymation people buying groceries is not going to make me want to go to Ralph's. Like, it's crazy. <laughs> like, they oh, wasted yeah. so much wow, money. Oh, wow. yeah. Go groceries. We should go get groceries. <laughs> like, <laughs> Thanks, do they, Ad. Do they need to advertise? Yeah. No. That Ed Sheeran, wait for me to come home or whatever. I'm like, that had to be a oh, gajillion God. dollars. I'll drive, I'll yeah. drive yeah. To extra blocks. Yeah, so and then the, the one that was playing during this movie was All I Do Is Win. I'm like, you paid for All I Do Is Win for claymation? Like, people buying groceries? <laughs> like, it's not but yeah, in the middle of NIM. Like, All I Do they Is Win. It, <laughs> it, is, it would be interesting if it was claymation. It was, it's CG fake claymation. Yes, sorry. I, change, I know that, but I don't even was, change the yeah. uh, lyrics or something to be grocery. No. All I need is Ralph's, Ralph's, Ralph's. They just license completely. Completely all unrelated. Shop, shop, yeah, shop for it's all like my the food. people were like, "What's the most expensive song you can license?" It'll show people you're serious about groceries. You know, wow. I don't know. It's just this. Yeah, that's sorry for that tangent. That's okay. That's okay. Um, here I was. I was looking. Uh, we haven't done this for a bit, but the, I went on Common Sense Media to see what mm-hmm. what the kids are saying about okay. this movie. Here's one review from a um, an age five plus iconic film, five stars. Says Miss Brisby is a queen. Justin is so hot. This is my childhood. Someone older than someone in the range of five. It says five plus. So I don't so know. So what does that mean though? Because the, what did the other some of the, the other breaks? ones say? Some of the other ones say eight. Plus. So they're between five and eight. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, that, that person is not between five and eight. Justin is so I, hot. Oh my god. I didn't even, I didn't even dare, because I, I always make the images after we record. I'm already dreading looking up Secret of Nim images because there's going to be so much deviant oh, the, art. The I can't age, even. The age five plus, sorry, it says it's a 15 year old teen. Is what oh, okay. This is an 11 year old kid. Oh, that's it. what they recommend it for people. Yeah. Five plus. Okay. Yeah. Um, my class and I watched this movie, and me and my friend found a lot of bad stuff. One rat says, "Damn." <laughs> 
<gasps> Mrs. Brisby has a jewel necklace that a male rat wants, and she drops it down there, and the male rat is staring at it. What? what? <laughs> it says, and the images are creepy. That did not happen. That person made that up. This one says this title has too much sex. I think that person. What? I think that person wants to fuck a rat. <laughs> what oh my God. This is an eleven-year-old. Okay, I don't know. Um, let's see. Let's see. Yikes. Um. This one says, here's an 11-year-old kid that gave it one star. Train wreck, it says. I watched this one time half and one time whole. <laughs> the owl is creepy with glowing eyes and the sword fight got bloody. And I heard there was a lab scene, but I don't remember kids should not learn about that stuff quite what? yet. One rat says the D word, the design is a train wreck. And it is clear that there is not enough brain power to fix it. Oh, my God. <laughs> this, kid, this little kid's a narc. <laughs> this kid's a... This all one kid right. says, I wish it was more like the actual book or not made at all. <laughs> <laughs> That's... Uh, yeah, I don't know what these kids are thinking. He grew up to chant, release the Snyder Cut. Yeah. <laughs> the book is like 250 pages. So it's, you know, it's got chapters. It's not like a little, little kid's book, but... This one, this person is an adult that says one star, a tragic adaptation of a wonderful book. There was no need for the movie to add magic, violence, and creepy animation. My children were excited to watch the movie after listening to the book, but we were all disappointed. My son kept saying, that wasn't in the book. I would not recommend. <laughs> wow. Okay. Um, the I get the magic, but the, the book is super violent. Uh, they definitely are like... Okay, so the scene that I was like, wow, that's straight out of the book with its violence is when all the mice fly away to their death, except yeah. for the two, except for Mr. Ages and Jonathan. Oh, yeah. That was horrifying in the movie. And so I thought maybe they just made it up in the movie. And I, and I got to the book and it was like, those other rats, we never saw them again. They probably died, you know? Well, it's just <laughs> they not... were screaming as they were blown away in the wind. Like, oh. I find it refreshing that they don't like shy away from what happened. Do you right? know? They, like, sure. they, they fell down a black tube to their death, is what he yeah. says. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I don't know. Anyway. Well, is there anything else you guys want to highlight before we get into the rating system? Uh, I don't think so. All right, Tyler. So. What do we got? Boy, oh, boy. Um, hmm. This is like might be the first time I'm actually stumped because I don't oh. think I can actually make fun of anything in this movie. Uh, how many? How many love? How many non-canonical uh, <laughs> magical amulets would you give? Um, That's a good one. Yeah. yeah, shiny. I don't know. I don't want to go too high, but it was really good. I guess maybe eight magical non-canonical amulets. Yeah. Um, Cause yeah, I mean, it looks amazing and uh, I thought it was really good. It was really only Jeremy that I was like, Oh, get him out of here. But yeah, I think I got to go just a full 10 <laughs> non-canonical <laughs> magical amulets. Um, I just think this movie is amazing. Um, sure. There's differences from the book, but I just think like, you're allowed, you know, it's an adaptation. You're allowed to change things sure. for a visual medium, totally different medium. Um, and I feel like the package here, and I mean, this is like an amazing debut film for a director that went on to make even more movies that I would say are on probably some of my favorite animated films of all time. Mm -hmm. Um, I just think it's, it's great. It's, you know, 
It doesn't like it doesn't shy away from the adult themes. It's creepy. It's atmospheric. Everything like the whole package. I just love. I agree that the Jeremy character is uh, annoying, but it doesn't like dip it down far enough for me to be like, <laughs> you know, screw this movie or whatever. Um, I just think it's great. Everyone should watch it. But yeah, I do agree that like, you know, I think it's probably a good movie for kids to see, but when they're old enough. Okay? Yeah, you gotta yeah. be like. 10 maybe yeah, even yeah. it's it's yeah. A, this is a ya movie unless you yeah. want to mess them up or something but yeah i think i'm gonna go eight magical non-canonical uh medallions uh <laughs> because i agree with everything that both of you just said i think that it falls a little short in retrospect it's 80 minutes it's and the pacing of it and there are some things that are just like yeah but as story-wise, narrative-wise, all the performances are great. All of the animation is great. All of the design is fantastic. Um, but yeah, it is in retrospect, it, it feels of its time. It's just one of those movies that like makes me wish that they were making more films like, like this. this. And I yeah. know that someone could probably come on here and be like, oh, they are making films like this. But those films don't get these like wide release. Right. Like Gamble Del Toro's Pinocchio. Uh, <laughs> it's on Netflix. It's not in theaters. Yeah. Uh, you know, like they don't get this, like, I still haven't even seen that movie, honestly. Yeah. Um, they, they, they don't get these big wide release, like promoted releases and stuff, you know? Uh, so I just, you know, I long for that a little bit. Yes. No, we, we need more, even though they'd probably flop at the box. Office. We need more young adult children's entertainment and movies and stories that allow scary things yeah. to, to put into it and, and treat them like human beings. Yeah. Yeah. Not the Mario. I'm looking at you. Mario movie. <laughs> that's right. Mm. Well, guess what y'all that's the, that's the end of secret of Nim. Okay. But look, if you thought that movie was too scary, have I got a film for you? Oh, <laughs> there's a sequel. Like we said, we're not just, we're, we're not on here talking about movies that don't have sequels. Okay. There is in fact a sequel to the secret of Nim, and it's called the secret of Nim to Timmy to the rescue. And right. I haven't seen it, but by the looks of this cover, it's a bright, shiny, fun time. Uh, in a sandcastle. I don't know. I like <laughs> literally texted Justin in the middle of watching the movie. Cause he had told me that he had already started yeah. it. And I was like, how the hell is Timmy going to rescue anybody? He yeah. sucks. Like, I mean, I get that he was sick, he's you know, but I was like, he's not doing anything. Like, how is he going to rescue people? I have exciting news for both of you. I have not seen this movie either, but I did look at the IMDb and Dom DeLuise does return. Oh, my God. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay. Well, uh, so oh, this but. is, uh, the first film was 1982. This one is 1998, direct-to-video. Okay. Animated Musical adventure. Oh, <laughs> so they're doing the land before time thing. Hey, okay, okay. We'll see what happens. Um, yeah. So <laughs> there's only one. So I guess it wasn't successful enough for people to be like. I just feel like we are in for one of the biggest like uh, vibe changes. Yeah, like, and and also like you know, uh, discrepancy between quality that we have ever experienced on the podcast. Mm. I'm just calling that since now. land before time. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's going to be the same. It's going to be the same. Be the same. Yeah, be the same. Oh my God. But there's only one. So maybe this one's even worse. Timmy to the rescue. shrew. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah, <the> shrew. <laughs> oh boy. All right. Uh, and there are sequels to the book. There are two other books written by the author's daughter. I believe, oh, wow. um, but they uh, have nothing to do with this sequel, and they're also not at the library, so I have to decide if I want to pony up the 
$8 or whatever to buy the Kindle version. Um, so it's called like, uh, I think there's it's one, called like Roscoe Saves a Day or there's something. There's one called Roscoe and the Rats of Noon. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but that has apparently has nothing to do with what is going to happen in this movie. Yeah. Okay. All right. Crazy. Well, thanks for being in here uh, to hear us talk about Secret of Nim kickoff 2024. Don't forget, we've got a bonus episode coming out later this week uh, where we talk about what else is coming out this year and maybe give some you know hints about or announcements about what we're going to be covering next. Uh, and in the meantime, Elis, where can people reach out? Yeah, send us an email, sequelrights at gmail.com or find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at sequelrights. And rate and review us wherever you're listening. Share the show. We really appreciate it. And thank you for listening to us for all of these years. That's right. And I will uh, take a cue from Tyler and say that we will see Shrew next week for a review of The Secret yes! of Neptune. Timmy to the rescue. <laughs> Timmy. Dream by night, wish by day, love begins this way. Loving starts when open hearts touch and stay. Sleep for now, dreaming's how lovers' lives are planned. Future songs and flying dreams, hand in hand. Love, it seems, made flying dreams so hard. Could soar. Heaven sent these wings were meant to prove once more that love is the key. Love is the key. You and I touch the sky, the eagle and the dove. Nightingales, we keep our sails filled with love And love, it seems, made flying dreams to bring you home to me